0: This is Fair Issues on the Mormon Faircast. This week's article is entitled Keeping the Faith, Nephi's Bow by Michael R. Ash Read by Ned Skarsbrick This and other articles by Michael Ash can be found at DeseretNews.com This article was used by permission of the author and the Deseret News. As the Lehites continued their journey through southern Arabia, they moved from the most fertile parts of the wilderness to the more fertile parts, where they pitched their tents for the space of a time, so they could hunt food. First Nephi, chapter sixteen, verses fourteen through seventeen. George Potter and Richard Wellington explain that this describes exactly what is found along the Gaza branch of the Frankincense Trail. When they examined detailed maps for this region, they found that from Wadi Tayyab Idiz, to Medina, there is an average of one cultivated area every 11 miles along the trail. South from Medina, the trail wanders around the lava fields until it reaches Bishah, some 350 miles farther south. From Medina to Bishah, there is only one farming area for every 50 miles of trail. From Bishah to where the trail finally turns east, there are no cultivated areas. It was during this leg of their journey that Nephi broke his bow, which was made of fine steel. Verse 18 To make matters worse, Nephi's brother's bows lost their springs. Eventually, Nephi made a new bow to hunt for food. Eugene England pointed out that this region of southern Arabia is known for a combination of heat, humidity, sand, and salt that rusts car fenders in a few months and turns limber any dry wood brought from other areas. Critics have been quick to point out that a steel bow in Nephi's day is anachronistic. Carbonized steel is not believed to have existed in Nephi's day, so this proves that Joseph Smith was a fraud. In a previous installment, it was pointed out that steel may have not necessarily been anachronistic for the day. second possibility is that steel in the Book of Mormon refers to copper, bronze, or brass in the same manner as steel in the Bible is rendered from a translation of those metals. Modern steel wasn't invented until more than a dozen years after Joseph Smith produced the Book of Mormon. Therefore, Joseph Smith couldn't have been referring to steel the way we understand this metal today. While the 1828 Webster's Dictionary defines steel as iron combined with a small portion of carbon, it also defines the term as a figurative descriptor for weapons. Another primary definition for steel in the 1828 Dictionary is to make hard, to make insensible or obturate. The Bible also mentions steel bows, and Dr. William Hamlin, an expert in ancient Near Eastern history, explains that the metal is apparently called steel in the King James Version because bronze is steeled or strengthened copper through alloying it with tin or some other process. Nephi's steel bow was likely not constructed completely out of metal, but was instead a composite bow, as Dr. Hugh Nibley pointed out. It was in all probability a steel ribbed bow. Only composite bows were used in Palestine, that is, bows of more than one piece, and a steel-backed bow would be called a steel bow, just as an iron-trimmed chariot was called a chariot of iron. Incidentally, the founder of the Turkish Seljuk dynasty of Iran was called yaka, which means in Turkish, says our Arab informant, a bow made out of iron. The fact that Iron arrow was a fairly common name among those people and refers actually to an iron headed arrow, is a strong indication that the name steel bow may also refer to a real weapon. Because Nephi had to fashion a new bow, he must have made it from wood that was available. Potter and Wellington point out that the traditional wood that Arabs used to make their bows, wood from the atem tree, or the wild olive, grows in a very limited range high in the mountains just west of the trail near the halt of Bishah. David Fox observes that while we are told that Nephi broke his bow, we are never told that he broke his arrows. Nevertheless, Nephi informs his readers that he constructed new arrows as well as a bow. First Nephi 16-23 verse 23. Why make new arrows? Fox points out that bows must match arrows in weight and stiffness. If the arrow is too soft, it will stray or fall short or behave erratically. If the arrow is too stiff, it is probably too heavy. Undoubtedly, Nephi's handmade wooden bow would have had nowhere near the strength of his treasured metal bow. He would have needed new arrows. Also, according to Fox, very little was known of archery in Joseph Smith's day. As a means of self-defense, or as a serious method of hunting, archery had gone out of vogue many years before. As a sport, it would not emerge for another 50 years. If you like this podcast, you can help promote it by subscribing to it on iTunes, or by rating it and writing a review. Post a link on your blog and Facebook page and tell your friends about us. Questions or comments about this episode can be sent to podcast at fairlds.org or join the conversation at fairblog.org. Michael Ash is the author of the book Shaken Faith Syndrome, strengthening one's testimony in the face of criticism and doubt, as well as the book of Faith and Reason, 80 Evidences Supporting the Prophet Joseph Smith. Both books are available for purchase online through the Fair Bookstore. Music for this episode was provided courtesy of Lawrence Green. The opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or that of Fair Mormon.